Welcome to Planet Marzipan Podcast. Your fish and marillion podcast. Where we talk about all things in the planet of marillion and fish. I'm Meza, and here's my mate, Craig Houston. Hello, and welcome to another Planet Marzipan Podcast. I'm Meza, I'm here with my friend, Craig Houston. <laughs> it's Craig and we're here to talk to do have another one of our shy the single mini pods. We have guests again. We have Stephanie Bradley. Hello. Hello. And Mike Martin. Hey. Hi, hi, campers. And we're here to talk about Garden Party, the third Marillion single. And there is an entry on Wikipedia for Garden Party. Garden Party, bracket, the great cucumber massacre, close brackets, is a song by the British neo-prop band Marillion. It was the second single released from their debut album script for Jester's Tear. It reached number 16 in the UK singles chart in 1983, the band's biggest singles chart success prior to 1985. The song is a parody of social elitism and snobbery. The B-side is a live version of Margaret, recorded at Edinburgh Playhouse on the 7th of April 1983, and the 12-inch version includes a live version of Charting the Single, recorded at Hammersmith Odeon on the 18th of April 1983. So, uh, Stephanie's here again because this was her first ever Marillion purchase. It was. It was. It was purchased from David's Cards and Record Shop in Wood Green Shopping City in North London. And I used to work in uh, a baker's, Duns the Baker's, Duns of Crouchend, lovely bakers, but they had a, a an outpost in Wood Green Shopping City. And David's was just sort of over the other side and I would literally get my wages and I'd go over, <laughs> I'd finish work at three o'clock, I'd go over and literally hand my wages pretty much over to them and say, you know, give me everything. So I'd finally given in to to, to liking Marillion. And uh, this was the first one that I bought from them. And as you say, it has a poster as well. So. Yeah, so it comes with a rather nice uh, four-part folded poster and um, another lovely Mark Wilkinson sleeve with the jester with a rather sharp knife and a cucumber and uh, a cigar, cigarette. Um, but again, different colours to the previous sleeve. Another really creepy sleeve. So nothing that your average teenager would be picking up by accident. Yeah, as if four weeks after the poor eight-year-old that was traumatised in HMV, you know, the mother gets a calm down. Let's go back. Come on, there's, there's a books for Singler. We'll go and get it. <laughs> it was in HMV. Oh, my God. There's a... But it's got some cracking live tracks on this one as well, hasn't it? Yes. Um, the the version of Margaret, I think it's about, is it 14 minutes? On the B-side of the 12-inch, it's 12 minutes 17, I think. Well, there's an edited version on the 7-inch, isn't there, which is done? Like yeah. Four-and-a-half-minute four version on the 7-inch, but yeah. it's <clears> the, full, <throat> the full version of how they were playing at the time. So it kind of starts with rather soloing, just generally soloing. And then the band kick in. Um, I think Fish has amended the lyrics to Margaret to talk about the drug squad. Yeah. yeah you take the high road and, yeah. You yeah. take the acid and I'll take the coke. And yeah. I'll be stormy before you. 
as a man who's heard a still Meridian play a number of times as well. <laughs> <laughs> Me and John had a conversation about Margaret, didn't we? And thinking, is this where possibly some of the preconception of them being a Scottish heavy metal band came from? Yeah. If people had heard this thing. And... Yeah, I guess so. It's... Moira Anderson, eat your heart out. Although I did see today online, Marco in Marco's Marillion Museum has put a, an advert from is it Glasgow back in eighty two or eighty three where they were advertising a heavy metal night with Palace and Marillion. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Does it really, you know? Yeah, but uh, Palace never got the tag of a Scottish heavy metal band, did they? No, not at all. No. Not at all. But yeah, it's, and uh, the version of China single we talked on the last pod the last mini-pod about China single because we talked about the studio version. Well, this is a cracking version from Hammersmith. Yeah. It is. In April 83. One of the gigs, obviously, I missed because I was too busy being, you know, obsessed and wanting to listen to them. (laughs) (laughs) Too busy dreaming about Phil, Michael. I was, I was. (laughs) Were Genesis on tour in 83? They weren't, were they? Is that... Pre-Ships, Ships 84? Uh, yes. Hadn't they done the reunion gig in 82? Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, they were on tour, they were on tour in 82. Because 82, they were... I saw them in 82, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So Stephanie was still dreaming about Genesis and in complete denial until this single. Until this single, yeah. And this was the shape picture disc on this one, John, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was seven-inch. Yeah, we're back to picture discs, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a cut-out it's a cut-out one. one. Of the of the jester now, mine puppy knife. <laughs> yes, has got a wonky knife. Yeah. Sorry, let me rephrase that. My picture disc has got a wonky knife. Does it go slightly off to the left or something? Does it? it? Does. <laughs> off to the left. Yeah. I don't think it's limited. It's just awkward to, for him to press. But uh, yeah. the picture slightly stretched. So I think it makes him look even more creepy with a wonky knife. Personally, yeah. But that's just me. <laughs> it's not limited. Well, it's against a good thing the Brexiteers didn't get hold of that because if it had a wonky cucumber, the EU would have been labelled. <laughs> One thing we haven't done is talk about the value of these, actually, have we? Are they worth much these days? No. Well, I don't know. I've Because of how that looks, I actually bought another one of these last night online. God's <laughs> sake. That, I'm that sad. <laughs> I haven't told, haven't told my missus, but there you go. A little bit of parrot money turns up. So I've got I've got another one coming. It cost me ten pounds. I think I made one into a clock. Oh yeah, yeah. People did like lots yeah. of that. Was he second hand I mean, off a bit? <laughs> yeah, the second hand was wonky. I mean, it was nice that they'd gone back to picture discs. Yeah. Um, and that, there is an uncut version of this, which is worth a lot of money. So you get it with a full twelve inch without the without this bit cut out. Yeah. Um, so well, I thought I had, but it's not in the, it's not in my vinyl rack. So was the uncut version for the European it. market and the cut version for the American market? No, I'll I think the uncuts were, were actually, I mean, they were made by EMI, but they weren't actually meant to be on sale. Almost, almost demo discs. That was the great thing about David's record shop. So the two guys that were in there, Jeremy and Nigel, who I may or may not have had a crush on, so I may have... <laughs> ah, so it's all oh, coming out now. God, no. So I used to go over with my wages and just like, 
and cakes. All puppy eyed. But they did the great thing about it was they gave me loads and loads of promo stuff. And I have I haven't got any brilliant promo stuff, but they gave me loads of Genesis stuff. So I at one point I when the Genesis album came out, I had a big cardboard cutout of all the shapes. Oh right, brilliant. And then acting very strange when that came out, I had a big cardboard cutout of Mike Rutherford's head and shoulders, which I had to take home <laughs> the bus. It was almost as tall as me. <laughs> loads of white label promo versions of the albums, but Never any Meridian ones, only Genesis ones. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's great. I mean, were they recommended stuff to you as well, music-wise? Yeah, they were. I mean, they were they kind of into it a bit, but not as much as I was. So, but yeah, they they gave me loads of discounted stuff as well, which was great. <laughs> so, I mean, it wasn't in my entire wages, so I could still go out to gigs and go off to the marquee and have a bit of money to spend. So. And did you bribe you... them with their cream cakes and things like that from the bakery? I did, yeah, I mean, with, I reciprocated. Obviously, when they came up to get their lunch, they might have got a free donut. So. Nah, that's a way to do it. Bart, system. Buying any of the fanzines at that stage, Stephanie? Oh, well, yeah, because, well, I was... was I, I, what month did this one come out? Uh, this came out in, in June. So 6th of June, Oh, no, I wasn't buying any of the fanzines then. The month after that was the first time I met Jerry Ewing, who was selling his fanzine called Jester at Twelfth Night Gig. Wow! Yeah. So exactly when it was, it was the sixteenth of July, nineteen eighty-three. Wow! So that was the first fanzine that I bought. Yeah. Second ep- second issue of Court Jester, which I still have as well. Makes you wonder whatever happened to him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's still with it though, isn't he? He's still with it. Yeah. I was buying Afterglow and things like that, getting copies. Yeah, I bought them afterwards as well. There was Fascination and there was a few others as well. And the only band of, I know we sort of robbed in the discussion here, but of the bands that you named in an earlier podcast, the only band that would gig up here would be Hayes because they're from Sheffield. Yeah. They would play the pubs in York to about 30 people but we'd go down because they, they'd regularly do genesis covers and and buy all the cassette tapes the seller tapes and, and all of that sort of stuff but that was the only bit of the the london proxy yeah. that sort of came yeah. up here yeah, yeah. so we, we, we Did you know that as an aside they're still gigging or they've started yeah. gigging again yeah yeah um it's the mcmahon brothers isn't it yeah yeah no, oh, fantastic. So they showed you know, your plug credentials there. Well, you know, maybe there's an offshoot podcast in this. I don't know. <laughs> so the, the, this is the one where fished on the mining as well. Garden on, on top of the pops. No, that was lavender pops. Yeah, no, uh, this this was the first time they played top of the pops. Yeah, to a completely bemused audience, and of girls who were going, "How the hell are we going to dance to this?" Yeah. So the, the the camera the camera kind of focuses on fish a lot more than the band and the audience. But it's it's up there on YouTube for you to have a gander at and have a bit of a snigger. They, they didn't fit on top of the pubs, especially with the with the early singles. And the video is really good as well. I mean there's a you know, the humor yeah. in the video. Well yeah, and Andy Ward's in the video, isn't he? He is. Uh yeah, with him all dressed as schoolboys, apart from Robbers, who He's dressed as a priest. Yeah, he refused to shave his beard off. <laughs> so he couldn't be one of the schoolboys in it. And so they dressed him up as a priest and made sure he fell in the water. 
And they, they talked about that actually back in the day on the 1986 on the videos collection. Uh, when on the VHS release, when they bought the singles singles collection out there, they had the band in a studio and talking about the videos, introducing them before, and that's where I found out that Wathers refused to shave his beard off for that. Mm. Have you still got your VHS of that? No, yeah. haven't. Nothing I have, to play it on. I have nothing to play it on, yeah. have nothing to play it on either. <laughs> I do miss those introductions. The other thing to mention is the change in the lyrics because it's a single. Indeed. The, that line became, I'm miming. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, for the benefit of the single. And for the benefit of us not having an explicit content label on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A as a teenager as well, who's not going to love being able to scream out? And, you know. Oh, there goes my explicit. Money, money. <laughs> Am I right in thinking that when H has done Garden Party, he never says it, does he? He lets the audience do it. I don't think he's ever sang that bit himself. No, no, I think you're right. I, I think he just it. throws it out to the audience. Yeah. Big Pointer's last appearance on a brilliant single. But not the video, like we said. No. Don't know, um, but yeah, it was uh, it was kind of the tail end of the of the script era of the history. We're starting to move into late eighty three, and then we're in the in the throes of the revolving drum stool that we've talked to, or we will talk about when we do script. Yeah, um, we did talk about with Fugazi, um, but yeah, another another good single, more typical of the band, I would say, than possibly. He knows, you know. Yeah, no, I think this is the one that probably brought more people in. You Definitely. know, it got more radio, certainly got more radio player going on top of the pops, and it, it opened it up to a bigger audience. Yeah. And also, we found a rather funny review, didn't we, John? Oh, yeah. Have you got of that the single? Yeah. Um, a review by Billy Connolly of the, of the single of all people, which is a bit, a bit random. It says, Excellent single. The production is superb. It has a really American drum sound that always seems to be absent on British records. If you can listen happily to a guy in a great voice with green lips and a monocle singing about his garden, this is the one. I love it. The drums are great. <laughs> Random, but, you know, there you go. Who's going to argue with Billy Connolly? Yeah. The big Not year. me. Not me. <laughs> and chart-wise, Craig, have you got the chart numbers? This number 16 okay so uh, that that's not to be sniffed at at all okay uh, it's uh it's it's not bad at all no no it's really not bad anything else you want to say about this release i just it has a, a bit of a special place in my heart because it was the first single that i bought really got up today and then got on the bus i Come did on. I did. I, I went back and bought all the other singles. Yeah. And, you know, to make up for the being obstinate. <laughs> Your tawdiness. Yeah. It's funny. In light of how it turned out, it's really, it's really funny, isn't it? I know. It is so funny. It is so funny. Well, yes. Genius. Our bollocks garden party. Not genius. 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 Absolutely. Even Margaret, when they were off. Oh, I love Margaret. You know, I think it's great, great lines. It's great. I think they actually tagged that on to the end of Real to Real when it came out on yeah. Japanese CD. Yeah. 
So it's actually got Chat the Single Live and Margaret on the end of Reel to Reel. So it makes it a really long live yeah. album. But yeah, really good. So I think we've said everything we need to say about Garden Party. Another hit from us. So I'd like to thank Stephanie. You're very welcome. My pleasure. Our pleasure, Stephanie. Thanks for coming. Mike. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you, sir. Bye. Thank you, sir. He's going to come out with a big blonde wig in a minute. I'll do the next one, you know, with a, a big fur coat. And... <laughs> uh, to choose the night, though. Yeah, that's, that's only Wednesdays he does that. So that's his weekend podcast, love. <laughs> the Fagusted Experience. Yes. Coming to the dark web soon. On that bombshell. It's good night for me. <laughs> it's good night for him. Take care. Still alive. Thanks for listening to Planet Marzipan Podcast. Please like and subscribe for whichever platform you get your podcasts from. You can contact us at planetmarzipanpodcast at gmail.com and check out marillion.com, fishmusic.scot or fishmusic.eu for all the good stuff.